0: Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, LFC editor Andy Kelly, uh, Christian Walsh, also of The Echo, and a special guest uh, for this week, a cup season ticket holder, and you may also know him as the lead singer at the farm, Peter Houghton. Hello, Peter. Good afternoon. Nice for you to join us. Yeah, pleasure. Now, the pleasure now is for James Pearce to tell us about the game on Wednesday against Plymouth. Me and you went down... Wasn't the best game ever, was it? But it was a case of job done.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't particularly convincing, um, scrappy for long periods. But um, yeah, when you think of the team that Liverpool went out there, you know, it was just a night just to do enough, and they just about did that. Um, you know, I thought there were some really promising performances. Trent Alexander Arnold, I thought was Liverpool's best player on the pitch, built on his you know really composed, uh, polished performance. At, you know, Old Trafford, absolutely fearless that day. Kicked on again. Uh, great to see Joe Gomez, you know, get some more important minutes under his belt. Um, obviously Lucas special special night for him, ending that seven-year goal drought, and it proved to be very important because Liverpool did, didn't kill Plymouth off. Um, you know, in the end, rode their luck, and then obviously Rigi wasted the late penalty. Um, but yeah, it was it was just one of those nights to, to go there, make sure that Liverpool's FA Cup run continued, and and they and they. No, not particularly with any great style, but they, they, they that mission was completed.
0: I mean, Andy, you will have been a very proud, like a proud parent, wouldn't you, seeing the performance of Trent Alexander-Arnold again?
2: You, you, you've got to stop this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, look, um, you're a champion thought, of the. You're a champion. You've championed him for a very I long have, time, though, haven't you? And I'm not the
2: only one. And he, I thought he did great. And we spoke uh, last week about his, uh, or early in the week about his performance at Old Trafford. Uh, where he thought he was great. You know, a few problems, but everybody did. Uh, and, I, and I agree with Percy. I think he was our best player at Plymouth um, overall I was massively disappointed in Liverpool the other night I have to say um, I, I, w- I wasn't down there I just watched on the, on the telly uh, like like most people and I just think um, I suppose it's because I, ex- I expect a load more from uh, from the kids even when they go in and maybe that's asking a bit much and maybe when it's a team where it's made up of fringe players and um, some of the kids that it's, it's difficult to get any flow to your game but I was really disappointed. We had, you know, we had Daniel Sturridge and Divock Origi and uh, Philippe Coutinho on the pitch. Alberto Moreno for all he's a fringe player cost us twelve million quid. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent on the field, and um, I just think Liverpool should have been much more impressive. And I thought once you've done the hard bit about getting the opening goal, because that 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 forces Plymouth to play a bit, and actually. Plymouth probably be kicking themselves because once they actually started playing a bit they caused us some problems and they might be thinking we should have done a bit more of this at Anfield and we could have done certainly a bit more the other day because they started off in that defensive approach again, didn't they? And then had to come out a little bit but as overall, for all that thought um, and I really loved his composure when he made that last ditch challenge it's very easy to go in with the wrong foot there and give away a pen and he he just gets his right foot on it and uh, well done Trent but overall... I was massively disappointed.
0: Peter, are you kind of surprised that Jurgen Klopp's persisting with playing so many youngsters, so many fringe players in? Well, what, a, what a knockout game, aren't they?
3: Yeah, I think you know, I never felt as, as if Plymouth were going to score. I know they had that chance at the post, but I never felt they were going to score. And I think it's one of those uh, situations where, you know, obviously you're willing them, the youngsters to do well, but I think you look at them on the pitch and I think they're just so afraid of making a mistake. That they're just trying to do everything so simple and go square all the time, and I think, um, especially if you look at what they did at Anfield, they were trying to do the same thing the other night as well. You're know, just trying to do things simple. No one was trying anything, and I think, um, you know, what Plymouth were open to getting, getting around the back of them and getting the ball into, into the area, and we just weren't doing that. We were just trying to look for, for a storage or a continue all the time, and you know that's what youngsters will do. They'll look for the more extreme. Experienced players and try and get the ball to them, but I think it was an ugly win. I don't think it. Don't think it really. It's the cup, isn't it? You're playing a load of youngsters. You've got a one 0 It's job done as far, as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, you'd like them to uh, play champagne football and beat them five or six nil, but I don't think it was ever going to happen, especially in, not in that atmosphere and the fact that Plymouth thought they had a had a half decent chance. At set pieces, that's what they were going for. Set pieces.
0: I mean, Jurgen Klopp said after the game that he saw that some of the younger players were a bit embarrassed or they were worried of being embarrassed in the first half because they were up against players who people would assume were, you know, three or four classes yeah. lower than them. Do you think there was yeah. a, there was a sign of that? I
3: think there was an element of uh, they were out muscled. I think uh, you could certainly see that physically, Plymouth were a block bigger team. You know. I think that's that would be always playing in the back of the mind. He didn't want to get caught on the ball and be shrugged off the ball. There was a classic, I think, foul against Lucas in the first half, which was so blatant, and he didn't give it, you know, because. Sometimes got... the referees
2: get into the set of oh, it's Plymouth against Liverpool, yeah, so I'm not, gonna, I'm, not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not going I'm not gonna give that free kick because Plymouth need a chance
3: or of all this? There's definitely an element of that. I think it, you know, in the Premier, in the Premier League, that's a, that's a foul all day long. In the lower leagues, it's not. I think that's I think you're quite right there. Yeah. I mean, Christian, it's
0: Wolves next at home in the next round. Can you see Jurgen Klopp picking the same team again, or do you feel as though Wolves offer a bit more? Well, they should offer a bit more of a threat than Plymouth did. I mean,
4: they should, but I can't... I think, such as the fixture list at the moment, um, obviously Chelsea will come three days after the Wolves game, um, and they won't have long played uh, the EFL uh, semi-second leg. I can see a very, very similar team. I wouldn't even suggest Coutinho would be in there. I think the only reason Coutinho played was to get into that rhythm that he... The yeah, Klopp likes to talk about so much. Um, I think you're looking at you know Suardi and Origi. the sort of team maybe that he played for the maybe the quarter the Leeds or the um, Tottenham EFL Cup games. That sort of halfway house between you know the, the youngsters and, and and the first team. I can definitely see that. I mean, was was doing all right under Paul Lambert. Just had a big win in the um, derby against the Aston Villa, but. Liverpool, you know, if the kids are what the we say they are and if the first team is chomping at the bit that is it, on the periphery of the first team as, as we think they are, then they should dispose of, of of a mid-table championship side. It doesn't always work out like that. I remember, was a Bolton in 2014-15? I think we played the first team um, against Bolton and, and Blackburn and got taken to replays at, at the Macron and Eagle Park. It can always happen like that. But at the same time, I just feel Liverpool should have too much for Wolves, to be honest. And, you know, they've been quite lucky with the cup draws this season. And it's a bit of a rarity because Liverpool normally get a bit of a stinker thrown in there. Yeah. They've been handed a couple of nice ties there with no disrespect to Wolves or Plymouth. And, you know, it's a real chance there for Liverpool to get into the fifth round without really much problem. I, I, I don't
2: think, totally agree with Christian in terms of what the likely line up is. But I think I'd also add into that, I'm not sure it. It matters, but I'm not sure it matters enough in that the youngsters can go and dispose of wolves. Of course, you want to stay in the FA Cup. Everything else, we're only in three competitions this season. But when you look at the the looming prospect of that Chelsea game, which could be potentially, you, you know you could look up back on that game at the end of the season and say it was the most important game for a number of years. It might not work out that way because you know, by the time we get there, you know, for instance, if you lost points tomorrow or. Or other games that come after it, but potentially you're getting yourself back into a title race by by. It defines
4: the season. It, regardless, even if you know, let's say Liverpool lose tomorrow for whatever reason, and and, and Chelsea beat Hull, still it, it still defines Liverpool's season, that Chelsea game.
0: Now, James, the obvious highlight from the game was. Your mate Lucas popping up with the rare goal. I don't even think Christian was born the last time he scored. But, um, <laughs> really is there actually you could see on his face. really has there been someone who was. He seems to be a surprised and be genuinely delighted that he's actually scored. But of course, then after the game, Jurgen yeah, Klopp got asked the question, "Will he be staying after January?" He says, "Yeah." Then Lucas kind of
1: suggests, "Well, I'm not sure yet." What what what's happening there? Yeah, I think. Well, I think first of all, the other night showed the value of him sticking around. Um, you know, from Klopp's point of view, he, you know, he's certainly not looking to. To push Lucas out the door, I, th- I think you know the situation has been clear really since the since the turn of the year that, that they had discussions and Klopp said, "Look, I'm not going to stand in your way if you get an offer that that you'd lo- you'd love to take up that's that's the right move for you and your family. You know, maybe a three or four year deal, be the last big contract of his career. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stand in your way, mainly because he did stand in Lucas's way last summer when he had a very lucrative offer from Galatasaray and said, "Look, I, I I'm sorry, I can't let you go. I need you." you cover two positions, it's a young squad, you've got bags of experience. So, you know, ideally Klopp wants him to stick around. You know, he reiterated that after the game, but then he? He said, you know, he said, I would say yes. I think it was his answer when he was asked, will Lucas still be a Liverpool player come February? And then obviously post-match, Lucas spoke about how he's still got a lot of thinking to do. Um, you know, I think what was pretty clear at the moment is that he doesn't have an offer on the table, which is enough to convince him to, to call time on his, you know, almost a decade of service to the club. That might change between now and the end of January because he's desperate to play regular football. I mean, he, he talked recently about you know he's never been one of those players that wants to pick up his money and, and just be happy, you know, training for an hour a day and then put his feet up. He's desperate to play, so you know I, I really hope he does stay put because the other night just underlined you know the the, the enduring importance of him to this squad. Peter, speaking as a as a
0: fan, what's your take on Lucas? Because there's some you know there's some people who say he's a bit of a jinx because he's been there ten years and they've only won one trophy in that time, and that's when he was injured.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously there's there's been debates you know for you know ever since he came to Anfield you know because uh, if you if you remember when uh, when we were going for the league that time and uh, he was always getting compared to Alonso and Mascherano, and he had the impossible job. He was only a young lad coming through, you know. Um, I think people who, who, who know about football supported him. I genuinely think that, and you know, a, a lot of people I talk to are either coaches or managers, and I've uh, always said, you know, he, he, he's vital for a certain type of team. I think, and he started to really um, play well until that terrible injury, and in, I think it was 2011 against Chelsea. Uh, so I've always supported Lucas because I've seen what he does. You know, and I think it's his attitude. I I changed my opinion about him when uh, he got sent off for Goodison that time. When he had his long flowing locks and he got sent off for a late tackle. But I tell you what that night there were see there were you senior professionals on the pitch that night who didn't really want to know. It was a cup tie atmosphere. Lucas was battling. He wasn't on you know, it wasn't like he was on the beach in Rio. He had his long hair, so he looked like a surfer. But he was get he was getting stuck in like a warrior and it was like even though he got sent off and everyone was on his case and everyone was, you know, slagging him off all over websites and in the pubs and whatever, I thought, well, you proved yourself there because you at least you know what a derby meant and he was the one who was actually, he was the one flying and I think at the time he was targeted as get stuck into him and we'll try and get him sent off and obviously that's what happened but I think someone like Lucas uh, in the background as well is so important. Uh, I think, you know, he, he if you look at the strength in depth of our squad, and you look at it, and the very fact that that's the team we can put out against Plymouth, it shows you we're are pretty weak in in depth. But you can rely upon people like Lewis, people, uh, Lucas. People can say you're out, to make a mistake or give a foul away on the edge of the box. But if you look at his stats over the years, he was for many years before those injuries, he was the best uh, tackler in the Premier Premier League. You know, and I think. Um, I was actually made made up. He got he got the goal because he's not he he's not known as scoring goals, obviously. But when he was in Brazil, he was yeah. he was a, lot, a different type of player. Then he was a, an attacking midfielder um, for Grêmio, I think. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah. Yeah, and you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at the YouTube clips and you think, is this the same player? <laughs> the base somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think I think he's great to have in the squad. You know, I'd never have him in your in your first eleven, but I think. As an example to the youngsters and for things like the uh, uh, the League Cup and the FA Cup, he's great to have in there. So he will get game time as long as we progress. Yeah, you I know, so.
2: I bet he's also great for um, Coutinho and, and Firmino as well. You know, countrymen. I bet when they've um, come in, you know, they, they, there is little friendships for them as, as we know at clubs. And you know, you know, you see Henderson and Alana always hanging around together. You know that the Brazilian lads plus Moreno are almost like their own little gang, aren't they? And um, you know you can imagine that when they've arrived, that Lucas has been massively helpful to them in terms of settling. I know Coutinho has been here a fair while now, but you still feel like mm. just looking at Coutinho as a personality, he still feels like mm. quite a young lad. And I suspect that Lucas is, um, for all you know, he's he's not not Hit. a massive elder statesman, mm. is he? Just turned thirty, isn't he? Mm, or just, 30, yeah. just turned thirty. So, but you can imagine that they will Be guided by him at difficult times, and I think that's an an intangible that's very difficult to measure up, but it's a pretty important intangible, I think, in Liverpool. I think it's
3: significant also that you know Benitez used to get a lot of stick signing them and playing them. You look at every manager we've had since, a whole range of managers, and they've always stuck with Lucas, so you know they see something, you know. And obviously, I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying managers. You know that that's got to be the be all and end all. You know fans have got an opinion. They see what's going on in the pitch, but surely the penny will drop. There, yeah. he must be doing something right. Yeah. Uh, for every manager, including Klopp, and you wouldn't think, you wouldn't expect him to be a Klopp-style player because he's not the fastest player on the pitch, is he? But he reads the game brilliantly, similar to the way when a man first comes to the club, a man was slagged off for a long time for the first eighteen months. Until people started writing reports and people started saying on the uh, televised matches this is the job he does and he spelt it out about protecting the defense and everyone go oh man's doing a great job I mean so you know it's almost <laughs> that's the problem you know whether people can see what he's actually doing and obviously managers and coaches can see what he's doing so I, I'll, I'll, I'll always support him and I've been known to support him in the past uh, even to you know to uh, Aggressive arguments (laughs) in important. Surely not, Peter, surely not. But can I just
2: say, I I mentioned on Twitter the other day, but I'm always still astonished that uh, commentators and pundits are always surprised when Lucas wins a header. And just because he's not like six feet, whatever. And, you know, he wins bundles of headers. You know, he's always been, he's got a great leap on him. And, uh, you know, defensively, that's why he can play centre-half, I know he's not there for necessarily for heading prowess, but he he, get, he gets by and wins his fair share of aerial duels, and why anyone's ever surprised by it, just uh, I don't know. I
4: think he would miss that United actually off the bench. I think that would have been an obvious change with about 15 to go, that you bring maybe Chanoff or, or Henderson or, or even a player further forward. Yeah. You get Lucas on to deal with Fellaini. Just really quickly as well, I, just, I feel like Philip Neville has got a lot to answer for, because if he puts in that shot in the derby which Neville handball on the yeah. line oh, yeah. statues <laughs> of him outside Anfield right now how different would he have been perceived by the ones who dislike yeah. him throughout his whole Liverpool career if he scores a winner off the bench in the Merseyside derby mm-hmm. as it is obviously handball their cow tucks it away but you know, it just, just shows you the sliding door moments in football sliding door
0: moments very good yeah. um, now there's a bit of heated debate shall we say about two other players who played for Liverpool on uh, Wednesday James that's the two strikers Divock Origi and Daniel Sturridge <sighs> I mean, it's fair to say that the debate over Rigi is just how bad he actually was. <laughs> but with Storage, I mean, I did the ratings at the game. I gave him a five, but you know, said he, he could have done a lot better. But he would have got really frustrated at the lack of service, and you could kind of tell he was getting a bit frustrated. I mean, what was your take? Do you think it was a bit of both? He needed better service, or was he in a bit of a grump because he was picked in the first place?
1: Yeah, a bit of both, I think. Um, first of all, you know, Rigi, you know, that is a real worry. What's happened to him in the last month? You know, it was only. I think it was a month ago that he, you know, he'd scored in five successive games and we were talking about how it felt like he was almost getting back up to that level he was at when he was like bullying Borussia Dortmund you know, last April. And you know, he, for some reason, his confidence just looks absolutely shot to bits at the moment. And that was just summed up by the tame nature of the penalty the other night and then the way that he, that he snatched at that late chance even after that. Um, that's a concern Sturridge is. Is, is, is a big concern for me as well. I thought, you know, I, I didn't think he did enough. You know, I, you can complain about the service into him, but you're playing against defenders that are you know, three leagues below. You know, we were talking about one of the, you know, what people would say is one of the top strikers in the, in the Premier League. You know, you have, you've got a responsibility not just to wait... For service, but to make things happen, well, drop he, off. You could pocket say that he was—he was dropping off, but he was still but not getting the ball. He was no, up against—he was, was, was against six defenders at some no, point. There was, he, his movement wasn't good enough. Like he, you know, he was, there was, there was, there were times when Coutinho was looking to play that pass, and he was—he was on his heels, and someone was trying to play into his feet, and he—he he wasn't alert enough. For me. I, 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 I thought he was very poor on the night, and that—that that was the main concern coming away from the game for me. The fact that at the moment with Sadio Mane being away. Liverpool clearly aren't the team they are with money in the t- in the side. And you need, you sorely need either Origi or Sturridge to really step up and deliver. And at the moment, neither of them are doing that. I mean, Andy,
0: since the turn of the year, I think Liverpool have only scored four goals in five games and three of them have come from set pieces. There was the penalty for James Milner, and then there was scoring twice off a corner, which in the old days would that be a miracle in itself. But are you worried about the form of not so much Origi, but Sturridge?
2: Yeah, well... Um... Not I'm more worried about Rigi than Sturridge, I have to say. I was a bit more positive about Sturridge's performance in my feelings than maybe yourself and, and James. I, I didn't see that any any particular sign that he was you know any sort of grump about playing or anything. The only time I saw him looking grumpy was when his, his name went up on the subs bench or on the subs board to be taken off. I think he was frustrated. That he, I think he potentially, the reason he was looking grumpy is that as the game was opening out there, I think he spied that there might be a goal or two in it for him later on. Um, uh, I thought his movement wasn't too bad. He didn't have a good game. Don't get me wrong. I can't, apart from Trent, I could can, not think of very many. Um, you know, other Liverpool players who did. But um, you know, Origi is. I was trying to think about when Origi was at his best, and it was towards the end of last season before he got the injury, wasn't it? In the in the derby, and we were seeing a lot of goals. Where he was he was scoring a lot of headers wasn't he mm. he, was, he was playing centrally James Milner was putting a few onto his head and he was looking like a dominant center half and I was trying to think what were the circumstances where he looked at his best then one of the circumstances was well Sturridge wasn't playing, and I think he has a very clearer idea of where he should be on the pitch when Sturridge isn't there um, and also he was playing principally centrally uh, and I think um, you know when when there's a le- we generally think he can play. As sort of one of the wide men on the three, uh, because you know he's got pace and he's got he can beat a man. But I think generally his best bits have been centrally, and um, and when Sturridge hasn't been there. So the difficult bit for him is that Liverpool, when they've looked at their best this season, has always had Firmino down playing centrally and uh, and others often. In terms of the overall form, I mentioned in here before the. Um, I can't remember which, uh, which game it was. Oh, but the, before the Plymouth game, I think it was, but when was the last time Liverpool played well? When we came up, Percy came up with middles per second half. But we haven't really, we had a different type of performance against City. We haven't really played very well for a while. You can put that, Coutinho obviously being out, you're lacking your creative force. A um, couple of players have dipped in form. Sturridge has been in and out. Um, so we're not, you know, we've, we missed Henderson for a bit. Um, who gives you that stability to go and play? So, loads of things have sort of conspired against them. I think it's too early to say whether it's any sort of malaise that can't be sorted out with one decent result. They played well enough at Old Trafford. Um, that side obviously will go again, pretty much on on Saturday against Swansea. And we'll have to see if they can put Swansea to the sword because I think that's what we'd we'd hope and expect. I think, sorry, just sorry. 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 because uh, I think what you've got to remember,
4: Raul is he's he's still only twenty one years of age. Um, and I think mentally it, it must be a bit tough for him. He was absolutely flying last season before the injury uh, that was given to him by Funes Mori as sort of a one. And I'll disagree with Andy. He's actually played all right in the two now and then with Sturridge, I think, about the Southampton and six one. They were
0: absolutely devastated together. Well, Van Dyke, was the, uh, the, he said, didn't he, did an interview recently where he said that they the two had the best movement he'd, best. he'd played against. Yeah. So he sort of worked back then. So is it a confidence thing?
4: And I just think there's now a... Clear defines hierarchy at Liverpool in terms of front men, and Roberto Firmino is number one. You know, we, we, you know, absolutely no doubt about it. Firmino is the number one forward for Liverpool. Now, he obviously shifts out wide sometimes to accommodate Ferigi, but I just feel as a 21 year old, you're looking at that, you're you're to the Riga and you're thinking, when's my chance going to come here? You know, it, it, it must be hard to raise your game every time when you sort of now, even if I play well here. That lad over there, he's he's still going to be the manager's first pick, and I think that's hard for for a player like Eriksen to come to terms with. So I'm not saying he's not trying. I'm not saying he's, you know, he's throwing games or whatever like that. What I'm saying is that he is a a young player who is probably just getting to grips with the fact that for now he's still a squad <clears throat> member and, and no more. Whereas when he was scoring against Everton and Dortmund, he, he felt like he was number one. I think it's, it's very
3: important to remember his age. I think you know that's what I, you know immediately. Last season, when he was playing so well, everyone was thinking this is this finished product. He's not the finished product, and he can tell that uh, recently. And I think confidence is a massive thing. But it's also I don't think when Liverpool have um, opposition like Plymouth, who put you know ten men behind the ball, come and break us down. That doesn't suit him. He. I don't think that that's a, that style of football doesn't suit him because we haven't got those people. Uh, we've got the intelligence to go around the back and pull, and pull the ball back. You know, Origi, um, operates better when Liverpool actually defend, and we can get him on the break, and that's the, that's his natural game. I think uh, when you when you're faced with ten men, you, you know, he's got his back to the goal. I don't think he really isn't that um, type of player. So I think you know what's happening recently is I think a lot of managers, a lot of th- I think in Liverpool, uh, free flowing football. We'll have to get lots of men behind the ball, and it's up to Liverpool now to come up with ways of breaking that down. Um, and I think he can do. Uh, I think, but Marnie is is crucial to that. He's the catalyst for everything. I think you know. Obviously, you see what happens with Coutinho. Coutinho gets the ball on the edge of the box, and he's looking for that shot, isn't he? He's looking for that one to go. Uh, but I think with Marney there, he'd be looking for maybe the little dink in for Mane running onto it. You know. So it's all all, all, all types of uh, different scenarios. But Liverpool have got to come up with this uh, new formula really without Mane. To break defences down, and obviously, uh, the Swansea is the first you know, big test. What do you take then
0: on storage? Because we sit here nearly every week and end up discussing it at some points. Because yeah, you know, I think he's, we all agree he's a, he's a very good striker. He's a
3: world class player for me, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, obviously, people think he might have an attitude problem or whatever, but you know, when I, I was thinking it was a great example of Plymouth at home in the cup, uh, and when he was on his own. All the youngsters were looking for him when he came on and it looked like he was going to score. He had a couple of good chances and every, all the youngsters were looking for Storage, giving him the ball to his feet and then Klopp panicked a bit and brought, uh, I think, Firmino and Lallana on. Then the youngsters didn't know who to pass it to because there wasn't a senior professional there, you know. so they were looking for Lallana and Firmino. But I think, for me, Sturridge is a quality player. Liverpool style um, mightn't suit him. You know, he might have to move on, I think, but I think he will score goals um, in, at any club he goes to. Do you think he should move on in the summer if um, things stay the way they are? I don't think he suits, you know, Klopp's style. So I think, yeah, it's probably, I don't think he'd be happy sitting on the bench. He's too good to be sitting on the bench, isn't he? So I don't think he'd be happy. So I think most people would think, well, if we get a, you know, if we get someone who does suit Klopp's style,
1: Swap, yeah. I, th- I think the big thing for Suraj as well, even if it is the end for him in terms of his Liverpool career come the summer, the next three or four months are huge for him in terms of where he actually goes next, because you, know, you only have to go back to last month, and there was a lot of speculation about you know, Liverpool possibly letting him go this window, which was obviously never, ever going to happen, but you know, it was, it was West Ham, it was well, like you know, he's, he's so much better than West he's Ham. Been, he's, been been mean,
0: at, he's been at Chelsea, yeah. he's been at City, yeah. he's never going to play for United, no. So is he Arsenal? Could Arsenal sign him? Well, possibly, I, think, but... I think I've discussed him going to Arsenal on this pod before. <laughs> right.
2: where, yeah, you where, got you got shouted down somewhere. I yeah. think I suggested they'd they'd walk the league if he was playing for them. No, um, I, um, it, yeah. you know, I think he'd shoot
1: Arsenal. Yeah, he yeah, would. Be, be, yeah.
2: Yeah. He'd be perfect. But, but, um, but they
1: but, they're only going to come in for him, aren't they? If you'd have thought you'd, you wouldn't have thought they'd be offering big money for the Daniel Sturridge we've seen so far this season who's no. played. And...
2: But I mean, from a Liverpool point of view, I mean, I. I Going back, if we if we were here twelve months ago. I think I, you know, a few of us in the pod suggested Daniel Sturridge wouldn't survive last summer in terms of Liverpool. That it was obviously he wasn't a clock player, and he'd go. He didn't, um, for for whatever reasons. Um, I'm still from a Liverpool point of view. I think there's still certain games where Daniel Sturridge is absolutely perfect for for him to have him in your group of say four strikers. Who you know. There'll be a, a game where you know Sturridge is perfect for that. We, we might only get one chance, and if you only get one chance, I want him on it. Um, but um, in terms of the general way we play, he's probably not ideal. The the the, the question then is whether being uh, a sort of a player who comes into certain games and, it, and, and is a big player for us in those games, and those can be some of the bigger games of the of the season um, at times. Um will Sturridge accept that or will he feel that at uh, his you know, with his England career and everything else that he needs to be playing every week and that there's certainly there's bundles of teams out there, but as Piercy says, maybe not at the right level for his ability, who'd who'd love to have him? So then you're looking at potentially, you know, a, a move abroad or something which is, is you know, c- carries its own risks, doesn't it? So I'm not convinced that, that Daniel Sturridge can't do enough in these next few months to make us all think, what were we worried about?
0: That, that that he's a brilliant striker, there's no reason he shouldn't be a brilliant striker for Liverpool. Christian, do you feel a little bit sorry for Sturridge because every other player has a bad game? and When Sturridge came back from his injury, played against Everton, came on and set up the goal for Mane, then I think he scored against Stoke, scored against Sunderland, and then he just had the one bad game against Southampton, and then everybody's debating him again. I mean, Do you feel a little bit of sympathy for him or is that just the price you pay for playing for it a- For a club like Liverpool, I think it's the price you
4: pay for playing for Liverpool. But I also think it's he of brings the scrutiny on himself because he is such a, a good player. If that makes sense, I think he sticks out like a sore thumb on that bench at times. I think you know you look at it's what he's one of those rare players where I think if he was in Arsenal's team or if he was in Tottenham's team or even Chelsea again, City. United, I don't think anyone would really bat an eyelid, but for some reason he just doesn't seem to, to fit in at Liverpool.
2: Who would Liverpool dare sell him to? There's another one. Who would you dare sell him to in, in, a, well, in the it's, Premier it's League? It's one of
4: those, isn't it, where you could see them selling him to, to a team and then he'd get 20 goals a season if he you, he if remain fit. And everyone would be up in arms about
0: selling Daniel Sturridge, but mm-hmm.
4: it's a different team, a different circumstance. It will a be, different Stoke
0: or West Ham, it would be someone like that, because they'd never sell him to... To Arsenal, really, because really
4: really you'd, you'd be so it's a really strange situation. You know, you'd love them. The, the cross the park,
0: he'd love yeah, them. Yeah, he would be absolutely yeah. perfect with Lukaku.
2: Um, you know, two good piercing strikers. Give things. you <laughs> many, 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 yeah. many ideas Are you trying to sell him to Arsenal? Now you're trying to sell him to, <laughs> no, to, sell I'm to Everton. To, still settings, these, him, are, the, these just, are the teams <laughs> you can't sell him to. So where, who have you got left? I mean, this is just mm. an
4: absolute hunch. I mean, and I mean, I was talking to you in the car about it. I can just see him making a move somewhere but I can see him ending up at like the MLS at the age of 30 31 I can just see something like that happening he's he's a a big fan of America he's um, and and, you know there's like teams in Miami and Los Angeles I can just see him having two or three more years his career winds down a little bit in the Premier League and you know let's face it his injuries must take a toll a little Mm -hmm. bit they must take a toll and he eventually sort of I'm not going to say semi-retires I think that would
3: be
2: massively disappointing but it just
4: feels like I just feel like his his career just it, it could be so fulfilled at Liverpool, but it just feels like it, it's going to end unfulfilled. If you see what I mean. So if,
0: if Liverpool do jib him in the summer, who who, who should they replace him with then?
4: Well, this is the other issue. It's it's a case of if you are getting rid of him, then the next person who comes in has to be better, and that might not be necessarily be a better player or a better goal scorer, but it gives more for the team a, a better fit basically. Mm. A better fit, yeah, yeah. Than, than than Daniel Sturridge, and, and it's a case of will they. Be around, you know. It, it you, you what you've got to then try and find is a striker who is maybe willing to to do this to, to be the storage of the team on the bench now and then, but also coming in for starts. You know, will they be happy? So, and, so you haven't got any names for me. I'll go no good names. I've got no names. <laughs> Christian has always <laughs> got names. <laughs> oh, all right. I presume nice. we
3: keep uh, Casino and Camino, isn't it? Well, that, that's no, the that's it. other thing as well.
4: Well. The tent the... will fall off if we don't when we sell. I think. Same same like storage replacements. I mean, what about like Hernandez by Leverkusen? He's also like storage, but a bit you know stays fit a bit more. But would he want he's, to
2: come? He have been tried though. no, exactly. He? so
4: Shelby me down. A, not, uh, no, no, no. That's one. <laughs> but that's just what I'm saying. There's a lad at Torino called Bellotti who's got like 14 goals in Italy. He's really good, quick. Skillful. Is he the one that Arsenal have been? Yeah. Like mm. going to cost exactly about yeah. 60 million. Then you have got Timo Werner, who's at that Leipzig, who are flying what, in the yeah. Bundesliga at the mm-hmm. moment. They're bankrolled by Red Bull. they they're not gonna they're not gonna. He's, he's like one of the top goal scorers in the Bundesliga again. He's really good on the counter attack. Young player, only twenty. But at the same time, they they're not gonna they they are probably going for the Champions League next season. So they're not gonna they're gonna accept. So it's a case of who is the their three names, which you know it's pretty easy to see an issue why Liverpool couldn't get any three of them. So you've got to try and find the storage replacements and and, and a, you know, around the ten fifty million mark maybe. Obviously the scouts are there to do that, but hmm. at the same time it's not gonna be as easy as just saying Depends hey, he's me. gone. If you're, if
2: you're selling storage, you're getting a massive return, aren't you? How much you getting for storage
3: now, right? If
0: you're getting ten million for Livermore from West Brom. to, yeah. to West Brom from Hull, what yeah.
3: storage uh, was? Uh, how long's you got on his contract left? For storage? So little, two, two and a half, got, years,
1: three, yeah. I think he's got twenty, twenty. Surely you wouldn't, you wouldn't look
2: at less than thirty, would you? You would
0: not get, you wouldn't get thirty. I think no he, chance, yeah. you get twenty. Yeah. Well, I,
2: well, I wouldn't open a, any <laughs> offer that at less than starting with a three wouldn't yeah. entertain put it that way because yeah. because no. we're talking about how do you replace him yeah, and I'm yeah, just saying yeah. if you're yeah. going to have
0: to replace someone at a certain standard well look there is one thing because you're desperate to sell it to Arsenal I am you know. not desperate <laughs> <Yeah. And laughs> I'm desperately Alex- worried Alex- about Alex- Alex- Sanchez. Sanchez Alexis Sanchez yeah, is having yeah. trouble uh, well he, not, he seems not to be wanted to sign a contract at the moment yeah. so he's precisely the type of player he's perfect for yeah. us he's <laughs> absolutely yeah. perfect yeah. swap deal and throw, throw in throw Moreno as well someone has
2: to have a word with Mr Sanchez don't they I think was the rumour wasn't it I mean, obviously, Brendan Rodgers thought he had Sanchez, we all know that, and it didn't work out. Um, Arsenal aren't going to get involved in letting Alexis Sanchez. I mean, that's just. You know, Allen, the, yeah, yeah. The, w- what, what are they smoking over there? Anfield, would, be a, uh, would be the phrase, I think. No, no chance <laughs> of Diego Costa coming, I thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and Costa, for all, he's absolutely horrible. He'd become an absolute hero. Well, he uh, could have been uh, at Liverpool as well. He could have been in yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think what we're saying is—is it is all Brendan Rodgers fault? No, we're, <laughs> just, we're, we're saying it would be very difficult to replace someone at, 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 for uh, of Sturridge's, on diet class, even you if he isn't a perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, uh, with what you're likely to get back, but
3: at the moment, mm. you know that's, that's likely you'd get thirty or less, wouldn't you? The way yeah. he's playing at the moment that's, you know, I think that's the reality of it, isn't it? I mean, so, I, I think
4: I've got a little suspicion that gets might have been that player in the summer he's not the same type of player he's not though, the same type of player but it doesn't have to be a like for like necessarily does it he's it, a forward
0: you well, can it can't be that.
2: like for like because what we're saying is Sturridge isn't quite right yeah. so don't we, want need, a we, we don't want like yeah. for like we yeah. want something but different
0: then, but then as you've said he offers something different doesn't he he offers something that the other players don't and I think that's part of the reason why Klopp still perseveres quite well, a lot that's why, why I he say
2: wants him there to... are games where he'll be, he will is perfect for Liverpool for all that generally the way of playing doesn't quite suit him. Well, there was another game. Can you, can you see
3: him starting tomorrow?
1: No, not no. no. no, exactly. so, you know, against yeah. the team bottom of the league at yeah. home.
2: That, that should be his meeting, yeah. just, really. Yeah. But equally, if Liverpool got 2 0 up and he came on in the 70th minute, I wouldn't be surprised if he walked off with two goals in the 20 minutes he was on the pitch. He'll just stand um, up his
3: price. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on his <laughs> mission here. Are you listening, Arsene? <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there was another game played on Wednesday night, Andy, and it was the in the Youth Cup, and the uh, the young Liverpool side were being three one at Manchester City. I know that you were very confident before the game. James Pierce was speaking about it less so. Um, and you, were you surprised yeah. that, that that Liverpool lost? No, not you. You misrepresent me.
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did the, put it this way. Manchester City beat us 7-0 early in the season, so you'd be a daft man to go into that game confident. Uh, I went in very much hoping Liverpool um, could you know, put in a much-improved performance. I think uh, they did that. We had Dan Matthews over there for us. I managed to watch a bit of it on uh, on, on City's Facebook page, which had it on live. Um, they're a very good team, City. Um, at the moment, they set the standards in youth football in England. And anyone out there who thinks Pep Gradiola's first few months at Manchester City have been this unmitigated disaster you, you know you really need to start thinking a little bit more deeply have a watch of the City on 23 team have a watch of their under 18 team they all play in a Guardiola way they all are very impressive the 23s are, are, are on top of their league at the moment Everton are top of that league but, uh, but I've, I've seen all the teams at the top of that division City are a class apart of anybody their under 18 team is several points clear at the top Will almost certainly go on and win that youth cup. I would think they've been to the final and got beat the last two years. In Sancho and uh, Abraham Diaz, they've got two players who'll be, I would be surprised if they're not first teamers. They've got two full backs out at the moment on loan in Spain who, um, I think have been sent because they will be next season's full backs at Manchester City. They're both uh, f- fantastic players. And um, you know, to go over there, it was the worst draw Liverpool could have got. Um, we went there and set up a bit defensive which was you know probably makes sense when you've had, you know when you've had a 7-0 early in the season and uh, and you know Re-Ambris scored a tremendous goal to get us back into it 1-0 but uh, you know City deservedly won the game and really their their youth teams are are very impressive at the moment and you know Pep Guardiola is going to have some great players
0: to work with there in the next couple of years well, James, we mentioned the next game, Swansea for the first team on on Saturday. We always say it's a must win, but this has to be a must win, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it certainly does. I know Klopp at the press conference today was kind of talking Swansea up and praising Paul Clement for the. He, he said it was unbelievable the job he's done there already and the, the transformation. But it certainly hasn't been seen in their results yet. Um, you know, they got absolutely battered by Arsenal. And if, yeah, if Liverpool are serious about maintaining the title challenge, then you know it's, it's a game that they. They have to win, and they should be winning comfortably. Um, you know, a lot of players should be fresh. You know, a lot of people had their feet up on Wednesday night um, when a, a largely a second string was playing down at home park. You know, you, you know, it'd be interesting to see with the team selection. I'd imagine he'll go with a front three of Coutinho, Firmino, Lallana, and obviously Henderson you know, going to be past fit by the looks of it. So him with Chan and Wijnaldum, Um, obviously. At the moment, still waiting on Matip. So you'd imagine, even with his lack, of, I think with his lack of football, I'd be amazed even if they got the green light that he would play. So then you know Clavin, Lovren, Milner, and it looks like Klein will be okay, and Mignolet will come back. So you know the lack of goals at the moment is a is a concern. But you know that's a, that's a that's still a team that that should be beating Swansea with something to spare.
0: I mean, Christian the James mentioned then that Henderson's going to be okay. I mean, we didn't even know he was injured in midweek, but uh, it seems like he's it's an ongoing issue, isn't it? This heel.
4: Yeah. I mean, you elaborate I, 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 a little bit more. No, no. I, 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 what, what more? I mean, I don't know if it's ever an injury that's ever going to fully go away, is it? I, I think that there was always that little bit of concern that it will dog him for the for the rest of his career. Is it Achilles? Is it plantar? Plantar fasciitis, yeah. Hmm. Which
1: you know, the band on the bottom of his foot, which oh, right. hampered him for so long last season. And yeah, yeah, I think
0: is it the same one? Because it's, at the time, when no, it happened they're again, saying it's different.
1: but it's linked to the same. It still is heel. And yeah, it's it's not a great surprise that he's missed training this week because he was touch and go for United. And Klopp said last week, he said, you know, no one else in this squad has got Henderson's pain threshold. He said, you know, he's the only person here who would be playing with this injury at Old Trafford. Um, You know, so that you know that's bound to have affected him for a few days afterwards. You know, it's it's not great. You know, it was a similar thing last season where it had to be managed in between games. And it's, you know, the, the fluid builds up and that, that creates, obviously, the discomfort. And you almost need it, you know, you almost need something to go in the heel just to release that pressure, to, to get the, the fluid out. So it is a concern. I mean, thankfully, at the moment, it looks as if they're able to manage it. We, we be, You know, you do think, you know, already you think, if, he, if he's got this at the moment, you know, he isn't going to be playing against Wolves and then Chelsea. I, mean, I think at the moment, it probably looks like two games in three or four days would be too much for him. The-
4: the heel that he's only just come back from was a different one to this yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, so that's... I mean, that was just... The, the one that he picked up against City... Was it City? Yeah. Was a different foot. So it's sort of... That's unfortunate, if you see what I mean. It's not linked to the previous heel issue. It, 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 but this is the irrespective, same irrespective, heel as is, the... Is
0: Alex Ferguson watching this going, ha-ha, I told you so? Because he was the one who said about his gait, didn't he? No, no, it's not. I, I can't see
4: anything to do with his gait. So I, I just think it's, it's one of those injuries which... A little bit like a, you know, an ACL or whatever. It's always there's it's always going to be maybe like a little niggle there and here and there. It's just something that as James says has to deal with. It's a, it's a condition that I can't. Pronounce. Key, key
2: thing on Henderson is that that his reputation has only been enhanced every game he doesn't play. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because the difference in Liverpool in terms of being able to set a base to yeah. being solid and to then let the forward players go and do what you hope they can do is is, is extreme when Henderson's not there. And those people who wondered sort of what he did other than got the ball and gave it, which I always thought was what the game was about anyway. Um, he that's exactly what he does, and he does it so well that when anyone else comes in and tries to do it, you can see the you can see see the difference. I mean, we see Emre Chan try to do it, um, and you know there's been quite a few knockers of him in the last few weeks, and uh, for me, um, Henderson's you know been great when he's been in the season. And, vital, vital that we have them available for these big games coming up. And if you, you know, with Swansea, what we want is you want your regulation 2-0, don't you? Oh, Christian talks about a, a regulation routine, 3-0. 3-0, away routine 3-0. 3-0. I'm a regulation 2-0. And, um, I, you take that every day because really the game that we really need the team to lift for in this next seven days is going to be the, the return against um, Southampton uh, because that is not going to be an easy game. And um, they're you know, they're they're in a position where they're not gonna get relegated and they're not probably gonna get in Europe, Southampton, they're in a classic this is our competition for the and they're gonna be mad up for it. And to go <clears> and to return <throat> that one 0 deficit for all that it's a narrow margin is gonna be pretty difficult. So what Liverpool don't need is a having to put in a massive, massive performance on Saturday to get through any nightmare scenario unfolding against Swansea. They wanna get that done as regulation as they can.
0: And then everyone up for Wednesday to get us to a final. Peter in some ways, yeah, Henderson's word
3: regulation
0: In some ways Henderson's careers its kind of <clears> matched that of Lucas and the fact that yeah. he had a lot of detractors. he still has Well the, still he working. still
3: has yeah and I remember um, you know several years ago I was outside the uh, Albert discussing with like 14, 15 people who were in, you know in the uh, Spi of Shankley and I went round every one of them said do you think he's any good and i think there's only one or two out of the whole lot who said he rated him. yeah and i think you know he he struggled he struggled over the years but i think now uh, with with Klopp coming in Klopp has developed him into the player that he was always potentially was i think uh, and as andy was saying when he's not playing that's when you you miss him it's the same with Will Alden a lot of people go well, what's the actually yes. i love the way Will plays i think he's a fantastic player a lot of Newcastle fans were, uh, you know, the jury was out on him, you know, and lads I know on Twitter were saying, Oh, you'll regret buying him. And I, I think the absolute opposite. I think he's been uh, vital to Liverpool's uh, recent form, you know. Um, and I think it's the same with Henderson. When he's not there, you think, I wish Henderson was playing. And uh, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. A lot, a lot of people still won't admit it. Because he's not a flashy player, he's not a he's not Zabi Alonso who can who can turn the game, uh, you know, with a uh, turn of turn the body and, and spray the ball 30 yards. He's not that type of player, but he, I think he's vital. He's a vital cog in the wheel. What's your take on Emre Chan then? Because we debate him endlessly well, on here and we, yeah, we can't really reach agreement. I can't <laughs> work out what it is. You know, I always, I always try and look at the positives in players and always try and defend them and think, oh... Maybe you know they'll come good and that, but um Chan, you know, he he looked. I thought he looked quite impressive when he first came, but I think he's gone. He's gone downhill recently. You know, I think maybe he's confused about what he's actually supposed to be doing. He just looks confused, and he seems to be pretty slow, a lot slower than he was when he first started. You know, I think um you know when he first started, so you know, he's got to get used to the uh, pace of the Premier League. Premier League, but now it looks as if he's gone backwards almost. And that might be an injury thing, it might be a confidence thing. I think there's a player there, uh, you know, trying to get out, but still can't work out, as opposed to Wijnaldum. I know what Wijnaldum does, as as somebody who know a little bit about the game. Uh, I know what he does, but I can't work out what Chan is doing. Do you think
0: it might be an age thing, because Christine makes the point that Emre Chan is younger than Kevin Stewart. I think he's only, he's only just gone 23, hasn't he? Emre Chan. Yeah, he's not on 23. So if it was like this week, wasn't it? I think. Or maybe, uh, la- or maybe last week. Yeah, it was the, it was it's the just week. He's, he's, he's yeah. still younger. I know yeah, he's, been, you know, he's yeah, been here for two, yeah. and a half, two and a half years now.
3: Yeah, just a frustrating player at the moment. I think, uh, you know, maybe it's one of those bad patches that players, all players, except for the greats, go through, you know. I think he, uh, uh, we've got to stick. I think you've got to stick with him because I, I think uh, again, he's good to have in the squad, but I wouldn't necessarily think he's a uh, first choice. Yeah, he, has, he hasn't
2: been great for him for sure. That the, the thing with him is, it comes back to that thing I always say gets under, uh, is underappreciated. football has control of the ball, and he always takes needs one extra touch to bring it under control than he should do than someone like say a Wijnaldum in the midfield does. So um, that extra touch then slows everything down. to, 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 to and your chance can be gone. So uh, I'm a bit like Pierre. still not quite sure what he's meant to be. I mean, ultimately, I think the best thing he potentially could be is a bit of a sort of box-to-boxer, and he does love a gallop
0: forward, doesn't he? He is a, well, he is a trot. He, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think once he gets his... I don't think he's a slow player. Once his, he, his, the amount of strides to movements to distance covered is all wrong. He takes about 15 strides, where like somebody else would take about three. But he, he's, you, you remember, he... he
2: I, I do think there's a certain element of confusion with him. Am I meant to be going forward here to try and add an extra man into the box, which we knew Klopp once, you know, six or seven men in the box all the time. Then he's got half an eye on Henderson thinking, Am I leaving Jordan there? Uh you know, on his billio uh to uh, to sort out
3: That's his problem, he's thinking too much. He's thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <just go laughs> it's down. always
0: dangerous anyway. when you make allow footballers to think.
3: Basically. But I've insist, I mean, with
2: Kachan, you can imagine that if they're playing five sides they're, they're just at him all the time, go one touch only, and and not like Trying to push him on in yeah, terms of yeah, that because yeah. he he takes that three touches where one would would do you know and that's that, that if he sorts that out I still think you know as Brendan Rodgers famously called him a Rolls Royce of football that we're not quite there yet are we were at no. sort of Volkswagen Polo. Um, and I what kind you, drive, a, you know? I think it's a proud <laughs> Volkswagen. Polo I don't think driver. he's Volkswagen
3: Polo. <laughs> <laughs> not as reliable as that maybe at this stage. Trabant. <laughs>
0: Andy, before we go any further, what's the name of the Swansea manager? Ah, that'd be Paul Clément. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that—that that is how I thought it was pronounced.
2: Uh, and uh, I've, I've taken taken an endless stick from several people in the office um, for that. But he will be forever Clément in my eyes. And uh, anyway, let's hope it's not Paul Clément's day at Anfield
0: on Saturday. A uh, couple of final things Then James, what do you think the team will be for Saturday? I think you kind of it's hinted at oh, it. it. Yeah, he, 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 says, he hinted at it. He didn't tell me exactly who's in goal there. He was basically sorry, George,
1: George <laughs> Sefton. <laughs> sorry, Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <we're>, and for Liverpool.
2: <laughs> um, we've uh, replogged <laughs> it. In and we'll
1: forget that he question. James,
0: I don't pay attention to what he says. Matt Christie, and then Christie. Exactly what James said No, I
1: think it's quite straightforward, isn't it? He hasn't got too much to learn, he? No, what. This, no, is a, one, this is the point then, isn't it? Yeah, because that, that was the issue with the other night, wasn't it? Because Coutinho was always going to... That was just about getting him match time, didn't it? He didn't have to light up that game to get in the starting lineup for the weekend. It was just minutes under his belt. The front two, you know, I think that was like a bit of an audition for them. Go on, go and prove he deserved to start against Swansea. And he hasn't even got a decision to make because both of them were so poor in the night. So we all agreed on the same team then?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lots of people don't like... A midfield of Henderson, Chan, Wijnaldum, I think it sort of lacks a bit of creativity. I do think in an ideal world, you'd be able to get Lallana back into that midfield where he seems to be more valuable to the team. But then you're left struggling to find a third man up up front. Um, So I think it probably will have to be that that team that James suggests um, for now.
4: I just wonder if he might try and play a bit more confidence back into Rigi. I just oh so now you disagree with James. Well, <laughs> just, just playing though. I just wonder if he'll he'll look to maybe play a bit, bit of confidence back into Rigi. You know, no disrespect to Swansea, he certainly wasn't taking them for for granted um, in the press conference before. But I just wonder if he thinks this is a, another little chance for Rigi. I know they're going to sit back, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to for them to figure out what type of striker he is. Can we'll I just think. mention
2: dourily, uh for anyone? If we're drawn to close Sunday over at uh, Brenton Park, it's the on three against Ipswich Premier League. Action. 1 p.m. kickoff.
0: 1 p.m. Uh, Peter, just one final thing then. Yeah. We try and pretend here regularly that we know anything about football and try and predict the future. And mm-hmm. uh, something we've been talking about recently is who do you think is going th- to win the league and where Liverpool going to finish. We've all got varying my opinions predictions on this.
3: Are, is it World Cup's going to end up at 96? <laughs> 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 it's never going to be that small, <laughs> and Scotland will qualify. <laughs> 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 That's the best prediction I've ever heard in this
0: yes. podcast So you're not, I'm not drawing your
3: um, I mean, I put uh, to the interview with the United we stand last week for the game, you know, and I put Liverpool position as second. I didn't say it was going to win it, but I think, you know, you can't, you know, Chelsea unless Chelsea, you know, have an implosion, you know, and there's a players' revolt. You know, Chelsea are looking very strong aren't they? I mean But Spurs proved they can be beaten, and no one saw that coming really. So you never know, you know. Uh, I think Arsenal have the usual uh, hook up and start collapsing, and then they'll all turn on Wenger, <laughs> and then he'll back to. Wenger, But yeah, I think if, if, you know, I still think Liverpool have got a chance to be mm. there or thereabouts. You know, you know, and it depends on um, what happens with Costa, of course. But there again, they, they, you know, we thought Costa's out. Leicester might give them a game, and they just <laughs> walked off over them, you know. I still think Liverpool in
4: the league, doily.
0: But I mean, you also thought Liverpool would beat Sunderland 8-0. <laughs> <laughs> right, and what did Andy, re- Andy reckon? That they would be five points clear at Christmas? We've been down that road. Yes, <laughs> I know. I, just cool. I just wanted to bring Chelsea it up again. You know, <laughs> <all of> it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that'll do us for, for this broadcast. Uh, join us next week where we'll look back at the Swansea game and look ahead to the Southampton League Cup semi-final. Cheerio.